0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now please enjoy today's program. The universe that God so marvelously created Is full of wonderful things for us his creatures to experience for all the beautiful scenes he created for us to enjoy he gave us eyes to see to hear the birds sing he gave us ears to hear and even for us to ponder the mysteries all around us we have minds that can learn and understand but what about contacting the most marvelous thing of all God himself if we attempt to touch God using any of these faculties no doubt we will be sorely disappointed because to touch the spiritual and divine person of God, we must use the faculty created in man uniquely for that purpose. And the Old Testament prophet Zechariah gives us a clear verse telling us what that part of man is. Francis Ball is here for this fellowship. Francis, simple message today, but is there anything more crucial or ultimately profound than what we're going to talk about?
1: I believe if we want to know God, we have to know our spirit because God created a spirit in man. We have several verses in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, that tell us there is a spirit in man. And the book of John in the New Testament says, if you want to worship God, you must worship in spirit because God is spirit and he that worships him must worship in spirit. And the apostle John also said, The Lord be with your spirit. And also, uh, Paul mentions this in a number of occasions. Chris, I believe the main thing about the Lord's uh, speaking with man is his spirit. Because God has put in man such an organ that can receive God himself and know him as spirit.
0: You know, Francis, to go back to the the example that uh, I gave in the introduction or opening here, uh, to consider uh, trying to hear God using our ears, we all realize that, you know, is almost absurd in its simplicity. To see God with our physical eyes, we also realize that at least in the dispensation we're in today, that's not a possibility. So most people, including most believers, I think, are left to trying to contact God with the deepest part they're aware of which for most is the mind. Mm-hmm. But as you pointed out in John 4, a verse we'll get to a little bit, John four twenty four, the Bible doesn't say that God is thought or that God is a mind. It says God is spirit.
1: This is marvelous because that we would have such an organ in our being, even from creation. Yeah. If we look at the Genesis chapter 2 and 3, we see that God made man, Out of the dust of the ground. Right. That was how his body was formed. And biology teaches us that this is actually effect. Biologically, we have all the elements in us that are in the ground. Right. And also, he gave us, as you mentioned, eyes to see, ears to hear, and so on. But there it particularly says that God not only formed man out of the dust of the ground, but he breathed into man the breath of life. And elsewhere in the Bible, we see this breath is the spirit.
0: Yeah. In both Hebrew and in Greek, both Old Testament language and New Testament language, these words are interchangeable, breath and spirit, breath and spirit. So when he breathed into man the breath of life, something was imparted into man, wasn't there?
1: That's right. What God made man's body out of was the dust of the ground. What was made his spirit is the breath of God. God. And by that breath, he created in man a spirit, which as you pointed out in our book today, Zechariah chapter 12, it says specifically that God created in man a spirit.
0: Let's look at that verse. It's really the focal point of our whole um, message today. Zechariah 12, verse 1. The burden of the word of Jehovah concerning Israel. Thus declares Jehovah, who stretches forth the heavens and lays the foundations of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. We've talked about this verse uh, on a few occasions in other programs, Francis, even before we got to the book of Zechariah, but uh, it's easy to visualize a kind of a bullseye here with this verse, isn't Mm -hmm. it? We start out with God stretching forth the heavens and then uh, zeroing in, laying the foundations of the earth, and then at the center, man, and specifically within man, at the very center, Mm -hmm. man's spirit
1: forms a spirit within man. Wow. That is a marvelous revelation. And I believe, Chris, for me, I know, for years, I never realized that I had a human spirit that put me in contact with God. But when I discovered that fact, it changed my whole
2: enjoyment of God.
0: Wow. Well, let's get to uh, Witness Lee's fellowship today. I'm looking forward to our time together.
2: In chapter 12, verse 1, Zechariah says this, Jehovah is the one who laid the foundation of the world and spread the heavens. And also, he told us, very strange, in addition to these two things, the earth, heaven, God created man with a spirit. The heavens are for the earth, the earth is for man, and man was created by God with a spirit, that he may contact God, receive God, live God, fulfill God's purpose for God, and be one with God. For a long time, I was wondering, why is such a verse as in chapter 12, verse 1, is put here? Marvelous. This is not in the New Testament. This is in the Old Testament. Among so many verses, there's one verse put out by Zechariah that says, "Uh God created the heaven and the earth. And also the third thing, that is the human spirit. What does this indicate? This indicates that in God's economy, God planned to have Christ as the centrality and universality of his move on this earth. But if you don't have His spirit, how could you receive him? Think about today in all the circles, in the political circle, educational circle, in all the circles of today's, society. No man exercised their spirit. Where is the place to get your spirit fed and educated? Nowhere. Even today you do have theology, schools, but sorry to say they also neglect their spirit. Even sorry to say, they don't know that man has a spirit. So, today, on this earth, even in the religious circle, human spirit is altogether neglected.
0: Well, Francis, I don't think it matters what university you would choose to go to. If you were able to go to any on the planet today, the Yale, the Harvard, the Princeton, all the finest ones, let alone schools of theology, where do you hear about this central part of God's whole entire economy in his move, the human spirit.
1: It seems as though, Chris, that this has been left out of man's understanding and enlightenment. But it's so plain in the Bible that without a spirit, our human spirit, we have no way to contact God who is spirit. We have to realize for us to contact anything, it needs to be of the same nature. If it's a material thing, we have eyes to see. If it's a sound, we have ears to hear. If it's an odor, we have nose to smell. There has to be some relation between those. But here is God. The Bible says clearly God is spirit. So surely we need that kind of organ to be able to contact God who is spirit. So he made us, he created us with this kind of an organ to contact him and as you pointed out, to enjoy him, to serve him, to worship Him, to, uh, to carry out His economy. Everything depends on our likeness to God by having a spirit that can contact His.
0: Sometimes people ask us, uh, Francis, what's unique about your ministry? Why is your ministry uh, different? We would have to say this is one of those unique elements. And I won't say unique in that no one else anywhere talks about it, but certainly as a point of emphasis or stress in the writings of Watchman nee and Witness Lee, this item is central crucial. I think from the uh, very first book that Watchman he wrote, The Spiritual Man, this matter had become clear to him back in the early 1920s. He saw these verses, read some of the older Christian writings where these things used to be spoken of. Then it seemed for centuries it just disappeared. All of a sudden the light came again. And now to understanding uh, what we talk about almost every day, God's economy, this matter is probably the most important, isn't it? To start with, we have to know our human spirit.
1: Absolutely. Without this, it's like not having a body and trying to uh, study medicine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> good analogy, very good analogy. You said the the verse, let's go ahead and read it uh, and encourage you, if you're listening today, some of these verses that probably you've heard before, but I would encourage you, write them down, write these references down. We started with Zechariah 12.1. Francis, I think you referred to a verse in uh, Job 32, verse 8, where it says, there is a spirit in man, and you talked about, of course, in Genesis 2, verse 7, uh, God breathing into man the breath of life, the very uh, initiation of man's spirit. This verse that I'm going to give you now, critical to this understanding, John chapter 4, verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truthfulness, or in reality. So uh, it couldn't be more clear from Scripture, could it?
1: I believe there's not a way to make it more clear, but it's in the Bible.
0: All right. All right. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
2: If our spirit is neglected, now how could we contact God? We know The Lord Jesus told us clearly, God is spirit. God is spirit. Whoever would worship him, they should worship him in their spirit. This is the basic principle. To worship God is just to contact God, to receive God, to enjoy God, and to experience God. This is to worship God. Today, even, We, the Christians, many, many do not know how to use our spirit, how to exercise our spirit. Most of us are very smart. All the time, the mind is exercised, is used. All the time. But very few among the human race today know God is spirit. And we have been created by God with a spirit. And God ordained that we should contact him, worship him, even receive him by this spirit, the human spirit of ours. We all know in God's creation there are principles. If you like to see something, to see the colors, I must have the eyes. Suppose I became blind. Could I smell the colors? Could I hear the colors? You cannot hear it. Now, God is real. It's more than real. But people dare to say there's no God. Of course, if you don't exercise your spirit, surely there's no God. You cannot touch God by your physical body. You cannot realize God by your mental, psychological mind. You use the wrong organ to touch the right item. God is spirit. If you are going to worship Him, contact Him, receive Him, touch Him, you must exercise your spirit. Some God that in His creation, He made three crucial equal matters the heaven the earth our spirit so our spirit is not small matter it is big as as crucial as as important as the heavens and the earth
0: francis he had a a wonderful little phrase there. It might have passed by or slipped by, but uh, I jotted it down this time. I've heard it a couple times. I wanted to get it right. He said, the problem is we use the wrong organ to touch the right item. Mm-hmm. And uh, that says it pretty well, doesn't it?
1: It does. And that revelation or that word in the Bible that we have a spirit gives us full right and opportunity to enjoy, to serve, to know, and to worship God because God is spirit.
0: Let's talk about using our spirit a little bit, uh, using our mind. There's a verse that you and I were talking about before the program uh, started. Maybe you've got it there. I, I see your Bible is open, uh, the one in Proverbs 20, 27. Uh, you can correct me. It says something like, uh, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And then it talks about God using that to search the inward parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you found it, maybe you could read it.
1: The spirit of man is the lamp of Jehovah, searching all the inwardmost part of the inner being. So that indicates that
0: when we come to a realization, when we get revelation, let's say, that is really inspired by God, there is a connection then between our spirit ultimately in our mind. The realization comes to our mind, but at the initiation of that realization or the, the vehicle, the light itself is connected to our spirit, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's just exactly what it says. There is a lamp in man, and he lights my lamp. I believe it goes on to say that way in Proverbs, yeah. that he lights my lamp. And when that lamp is lit, that puts a light inside of us that is, puts us in contact with God.
0: So the problem is when we begin with our mind and neglect the lamp, it's like searching for something in a dark room. And uh, we may be feeling around and touching, but our chances of finding it are uh, substantially reduced if we don't get the light on first. And that is, I think, uh, the key point. It's not that our mind is not important and not involved, but the starting point has to be our human spirit.
1: It's not so necessary for the writers in the Bible to talk a lot about our mind— and our physical touch. But it's very necessary that in the Bible it points out that we have a spirit, and this spirit, when it is ignited, when it is enlivened by a new birth, we get a new vision of everything, including God. And we have fellowship with him. We can know his will. We can know his desire. We can know where he's going and what he's doing because he puts this light into our lamp, and our lamp is lit there and giving light to the whole room. Wow.
0: There's another aspect of our spirit that the Bible makes clear in certain portions. Maybe I'll read a verse from the New Testament to set up our last segment today. Uh, it's not just a utensil or an instrument that God has given us so that we may touch or contact him. It also has the more actually important capacity, and that is it's a receptacle, a vessel, to contain him. 2 Timothy 4.24 a verse I think we should teach all of our children, Francis: "The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. Amen." All right. Here's witness Lee for our last
2: segment. I do know some atheist. They were strong teachers in school, telling his people no God. But in the night, in the night, especially after midnight, when this man was quiet in his bed. He would say, suppose, suppose, there is God. What shall I do? Could you see this? This can, question mark, seemingly came from his mind. I no. know. We do have a deeper part. Deeper part, that is our spirit. The mind says, there's no God, but the deeper part says, If there's a God, what shall you do? This book is a book unveiling to us, number one, Christ as God's center and as God's circumference. To read such a book, trying to contact such a Christ, you must learn to know that you have a spirit. You may say, I don't know what is my spirit. Okay, you just pray. When I tell you that you have two faith, you say, I don't know. Where are my faith? What are my faith? You just walk, you exercise your faith. To walk, to run, to stand, you need the faith. To pray, you need the Spirit. You just pray. Lord, I like to get you. My, right way, you exercise your spirit. Right way, you just feel deeply within you, some living thing touching you, answering you. This is why there is such a verse inserted in this book to charge us, to pay full attention to this recipient within us. That's our spirit. To receive the very Christ, as unveiled in the book, right? So, I love this book. This man, Zechariah, though he was young, he knew the secret. He knew the secret to contact God, to receive what God has revealed. You must exercise your spirit.
0: Francis, there were at least two Very practical examples here. I'd like to just spend a little bit of time on both of them. First, he's talking about the atheist who, in the broad daylight, proclaims so loudly, so confidently, there is no God. But late at night, as he lays there, that thought might come. In fact, I imagine it does come. It used to come to me before I knew the Lord. What if there is God? Then what? Where am I? Mm -hmm. Uh, The origin of that thought, even in an unsaved person, has something to do with man's spirit, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. God has graciously, mercifully, sovereignly placed a spirit in man so he could live in man and he could be one with man and he could even put man in communication with one another more than just in a mental thought but in a matter-of-life way so that we can share the life of God with one another because we each have a spirit that contains this spirit when we're born of God.
0: His second example where he was really addressing, I think, maybe a situation that a lot of our listeners find themselves right now. I don't know what is my spirit. And uh, I have to testify as a young person, when I received the Lord, I exactly experienced what he just described. We just need to pray. As we need our feet to walk, we need our spirit to pray. And even the most simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I want you it brings forth a kind of a response, doesn't it?
1: That's right. And I doubt that anybody could say that from his inner being without getting a sensation that this is real. I do have a spirit that can touch God. I would just encourage anyone who may be doubting, just say, Lord Jesus, I receive you, I want you, and see what will happen in your inner being.
0: Yeah, he said that inwardly, deeply, there is a living response. And that living response is coming from our spirit. Really pray, Francis, that many, many would pray that kind of simple prayer even today and experience the Lord in such a sweet, real, intimate way and discover for themselves um, that the human spirit is the key to experiencing
1: Christ. Many Christians, I believe, Chris, have experienced this but didn't know what it was. And they thought there was some kind of feeling that they had because they did hear about Jesus, they did love him, they wanted him, they wanted to live for him, but they had no realization that that source is their human spirit where God has come to give life. Because the Bible says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. So our Spirit, born of God's Spirit, become one Spirit. And the Bible also says, He that is joined to the Lord is one Spirit. So we get joined to the Lord this way. We are in the divine life.
0: All right, our toll-free number, one eight 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 life study eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wild. Thanks very much for listening today. Dear Lord, we give ourselves to
2: Thee, receive us into Thy wise hands.
0: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.